0: Welcome into the Waiver Fire Podcast. Nick and JP just coming off of July 4th. How's it going, man?
1: It's going good. I had a, had a nice little vacation today. I didn't have to work.
0: Ooh, where'd you go? No, I mean, I didn't go anywhere, oh. but it was a vacation day. A <laughs> little staycation. There you go. That's what's up, man. I did the same. We just chilled out around the house. Honestly, as a as a parent of two small kids holidays are honestly things that I do not look forward to because it means that I don't get to use the daycare man three days to to distract the the kids is is pretty challenging but uh, we had fun man saw the fireworks they were really good up here I noticed uh the fireworks I went to they actually tried to make it almost like almost like a little performance. Like the finale was not just shoot up every last firework that they had. They kind of made it a little artsy where they styled the, the look and shit. It was pretty cool, man. It was good. What did you get into? Did you just chill out around the house?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically it. I I had a dinner at my mom's house yesterday evening and she, she had been making ribs all day. Oh, and they were nice. They were great. And oh. We had baked beans and homemade ice cream with
0: with uh, brownies. God damn! It was delicious, dude. I'm so glad that I just had dinner. Else, I would be salvating right now. That does sound fire. I did. Uh, I did potato chips and Chinese. <laughs> Chinese food that I cooked it was it was pretty good but it wasn't it wasn't special like that. Well that's what's up man. Speaking of moms, I don't know if you saw the last pod that came out, little bonus pod with uh with our number 1 fan, my mom got on the pod. It was it was awesome. She uh she and I did a best ball live while she was up staying with me, my dad and my mom came up for a couple weeks, so it was absolutely hilarious to see how she was tuned into best ball even though She's not even, I don't even know if she's ever really seen an NFL game in her life, but she's our big fan and she loved best ball and it was a lot of fun, man.
1: Well, I'll have to check it out. I have to admit I haven't listened to it yet.
0: Give it a give it a check because uh she she tips her hat to you on a couple of her picks. She can't help herself from from taking JP's advice during best ball. But uh that was fun. And we got quite a bit on the show today. The only NFL news that I saw was that Hard Knocks is going to be going to Dallas to give the inside scoop of the Cowboys this year, which I have never actually seen Hard Knocks. Are you a Hard Knocks fan? No, I haven't. Found, I'm not
1: a, I've never like watched it before.
0: Yeah, I never have either because. I feel like they've always picked kind of the down and out teams. I mean, I, I really don't know, but the last I checked in, like they had done the Jets and maybe the Giants and the Raiders and like teams that definitely had some good inside scoop drama, but nothing that I really, you know, I'm, I'm a fantasy player and it, it, and it was never any of my NFL teams either. So I I just never tuned in, but this year I might give it a shot if I have, if I find the time, because man in Dallas, there is a lot that, that us fantasy players can get a little bit of scoop in. I mean, I don't think they usually give you much, but you know, they'll show Dak running around to see if he's at full speed after his injury. Um, Maybe things like what's the relationship between Zeke and Tony Pollard is Zeke Just getting every first down rep or or what that's like. And of course how the, the um, wide receivers are shaking out. So I think there's some goodness to be had there. I think it's very interesting that they went to uh, Dallas because I mean, that's a heavy contender right now and it's not one of those down and out teams, but it's exciting. I'll, uh, I might try to check it out. I know, I know for a fact that the fantasy footballers uh, love hard knocks. So that's how I get my inside scoops is they just give me the summaries usually if it's important, but maybe this year I'll do a little bit of, of work myself. Um, that's all I had on the NFL. you didn't see any did you see anything else for the NFL? Nope, I've been pretty void of news as far as NFL yeah. goes. I saw Trevor Lawrence signed his deal, but that's expected. Um, some other things since last time, I think the night of our pod last week was the game three. Well, no, I think it was actually the game one of the college baseball uh, championship. And Mississippi State ended up pulling it out over Vanderbilt in three. Definitely an upset. Really not a good series. All three of the games were complete blowouts um, different ways. But uh, really happy to see Mississippi State win. If I saw on ESPN correctly, it was Mississippi State's first national championship for any collegiate sport, which is kind of shocking. But... Well, wow. no football, like any th- swimming or equestrian or any sort of the nitty gritty. It was their very first national championship. So that's very exciting. And to do it over Vanderbilt, especially after Vanderbilt kind of got that walk over over NC State. It's kind of a little bit of justice in some ways. Um, Another thing is the NBA finals is about to kick off. I remember specifically saying on the last pod, something like, um, you know, the Hawks would take a win, but if Giannis got hurt, it would not feel very good. Well, goddamn, the next day, Giannis did get hurt and the Bucks still pulled it out, which was pretty incredible that they were able to rally without him. Um, and I'm excited, man. Bucks Suns in the finals starting tomorrow, I think. It well, should be good. I'm stoked for that for sure. Yeah, those are definitely two teams that I don't, I don't know if a lot of people outside of maybe their fan bases were thinking they could get to the championship anytime soon, but really exciting to see. I, I, don't, I have not given a status check on Giannis. I mean, his knee looked horrifically fucked up, so I, I don't know if they'll, they'll put him out there, but uh, we'll see. It should be fun. It should be a good series. Hopefully Giannis can make it back at least halfway through or something like that. Um, and then I've I've got to I've got to give my Wimbledon news, man. I'm sorry. I'm just. All right, let's hear it. It's just been fantastic, dude. I really only watched the uh, the men's side of the tournament, which I know is a little misogynistic, but just the maybe it is complete misogyny. But the the tennis itself seems just so much faster paced and stronger. So that's really all I keep up with. And Federer has made it through. He it's uh, tomorrow kicks off the quarterfinals. So Federer has won, I want to say it's either three or four matches, and he's just seemingly getting better and better. He's kind of picking his stride. So he's going to go to the quarterfinals. Djokovic also obviously there and still the heavy favorite. But the other names in the quarterfinals are like really names that only tennis nerds would would geek out about, which I totally am, man. A lot of these players are players that I've been keeping my tabs on. Some of my favorite dark horses um, two young Canadians in Felix Auger Aliazima <laughs> and Denis Sh- Shapovalov. So there's some great young Canadians, a young Russian and an Italian. It's, it's really exciting for, for tennis nerds, I think. It's not just the classic top 16 or whatever. It should be really, really good. Or t- top eight, I'm sorry. And so today, JP, in terms of fantasy you had texted me and I was kind of completely on the same wavelength as you. I think you and I have just done so many fantasy drafts that we're starting on uh, for best ball and underdog that we're starting to kind of find those really tough spots. Whether that's who do you pick at the 105 between Saquon or um, Zeke or Kamara if he's there, that's a pretty murky spot for me. Um, But in totality of a draft those rounds four through eight just are are dirty man they are murky and challenging to work through um particularly if you know you have some late round flyers at tight uh, wide receiver or tight end that you you're aiming at so maybe you pass on that but that doesn't feel great either so where is the value in those rounds? Where are the tough calls? How do you navigate that? I think that's what we're going to try to dive into today. Um, so so did you so you texted me about that. Was that kind of your wavelength that like you had been kind of struggling with those rounds, or you just think it's just a good topic in general?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think everybody wants to to know what to do once the fourth and fifth round comes around because. A lot of times, it's hard to get excited about what you end up picking. Yeah, I, I especially totally, with that fifth round because it's not always Deontay in the fifth. He's he's
0: <laughs> he's he's gone oftentimes. Damn it, man! Yeah, there are some key players that it's weird. It's kind of it's on both end of the spectrums. Like there are some key players in the fifth that, in my opinion, you feel great about smashing. But if they're gone, it's like, oh my god, it's ugly. And, uh, you know, the first three rounds obviously are, are the most important, typically. I mean, last year, you look at Stephon Diggs was like a fifth or sixth rounder, and he, he got a lot of people to the championship. But typically, you know, those first three rounders, if you can hit on your RB1, it is, it is very, very important. So those are huge rounds. And that fourth round, at least for me, it still feels like high draft capital. Like, it feels like you're spending a really strong pick there. But the players there, which we'll talk about in just a little bit, they don't feel that strong, man. They, they typically don't live up to that hype. So that's why you might have that feeling in your, in your stomach. But we'll try to navigate those rounds, pick out players who are definitely avoiding or smashing if they're still left on the board. But before that, man, this is, this is maybe a little cringy. But, dude, I'm so deep into fantasy draft. I'm so happy to be doing best ball that I whipped up a little fantasy rap.
1: All right, let's hear it. <laughs> All right,
0: let's see how this goes, man. You ready? Yep. Say a little prayer for me, take my 100 buying fee, Drafting first, eat my D, go in the Caffery. Now let's see who's at the turn, maybe Justin Jefferson, pair with J.K. Dawburns, now y'all fools about to learn. Snack some shares of C.D. Lamb, tag him with some Miles Sand, how you believe that damn, who the fuck you think I am? Holy shit this team is nice, think it's time to roll the dice, all y'all know I'm liking Mike, Evans, Davis, both be right. Looking at some quarterbacks, Kyler Patrick nods, Dak make a tasty CD stack, Aretha bring that chorus back. Now we're in the later rounds, this is where the value's found, who is scoring touchdowns, Hollywood and Tony Brown, I guess I punted T. E. think I'll grab E. damn that feels shitty, now I'm tilting Sammy Watkins, late round hero need a few, Goku or some Majin Boo, Charizard or Pikachu, Tyra Williams I choose you, yahoo draft grade D minus Marshawn Lynch they trying to find us those are tears must be the sinus grab my blanket call me Linus fuck them what do they know to the ship that's where I'll go win the cash and buy some blow pops for my kids we want some mo this
1: is my pr- There you go. Good job, man. Nice draft
0: <laughs> there. That might not actually reflect uh what I believe and more that the names rhyme, but it was kind of fun, man. I, I was digging it. Maybe I'll, I'll come back for a, a round two. All right. Now that now that we've gotten that aside, sorry if that was cringy, but it was fun. Let's uh let's go into these dirty rounds, man. So I mean we can just assume maybe you know, going in the fourth round, obviously you're not going to be even in running backs and wide receivers unless unless you snagged like Kelsey or Wall or something like you go on tight end as well. But let's just let's just try to assume somewhat parity here. And let's go through these. And I, you know, if some names kind of flash out to you where you're just smashing it or you're you're liking it, but you're not sure, I'll let you kind of weigh in first. So let me read out the round. So at the 401, this is from underdogs ADP. So this is half point PPR. This is also three wide receiver, one flex. So maybe a little bit of um, weight towards the wide receiver, but I don't really think so.
1: By the way, we decided to go three wide receiver, one flex, no kicker this year on the Kia league.
0: Oh, that's perfect. You know, that really leads in, before I get into this, I, I am kind of maybe putting on a spot there on uh, here, but what is your favorite way to play fantasy football? Like, first off, is it is it daily? Is it is it season long? Um, and then dive in after that, like what format? Do you like full PPR? Do you like any sort of niche rules, kickers, all that good stuff? Like, what's your opinion on fantasy in general? I don't think we've ever really dived into that.
1: I like full point PPR all the time, um, whether it be – in my daily or in my uh season long so like draft kings is great in daily um i i mean i i kind of i like uh fantasy and daily pretty equally mm-hmm. and my favorite daily fantasy is the snake drafts so
0: okay and and any like weird, like do you like three wide receivers? Do you like defenses? Do you like defensive players? Do you like kickers? Oh, we still have stuff? defensive
1: players. Um, and I like doing that.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a fun touch. I mean, I didn't really, I just kind of picked off of like names that I've which is obviously the worst way to, to to draft, but uh I'll try to do a little bit more homework, but it is nice to have that little touch to like root for a defensive player. I think it's really cool. Um and other weird things. Do you like um? Do you like Fab? Uh, I haven't, I haven't like tried. It? I haven't tried Fab yet. oh Okay. I think if you do this year, I think you'll really like it. It's my preferred way.
1: Um. All right. We'll we'll do the we'll do the podcast league as
0: Fab League. Ooh. And do you um? Do you prefer, like, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter, but 10-team, 12-team? Have you ever gotten up to 14 or 16-team in any leagues?
1: No, I've never tried 14 or 16, but I felt like 10 was too few, and and I like 12.
0: Yeah, we had to settle in on my main league last year for 10, and um, people had proposed adding either a wide receiver or a flex to kind of, um, you know, reduce that uh or or just a bench to maybe reduce that waiver wire fuel a little bit but uh i didn't miss it too bad honestly i was happier to go down to 10 if if all of those 10 players actually cared like most of the years that we had 12 there were like one or two that would honestly stop filling in their lineup after seven or eight games or so you could never reach them and it just sucked man i, I really hate that so I prefer just to have everybody as active as possible, even if that means a smaller league. I've never tried uh, Superflex. Have you ever tried Superflex? No. I haven't either. I think it's kind of an interesting idea, to be honest, because, you know, in best ball where you're drafting two or sometimes three quarterbacks, you know, you get about 30 quarterbacks off the board and it makes you realize that there's some there's some kind of awesome quarterbacks that are tucked in there. Like even the Jared Goffs and the um, Doug, not, not Doug Jones. Sorry. He did not get hired. Um, Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, there's some really cool quarterbacks back there. And I think a super flex is interesting to expose those um, quarterbacks because it's just so easy. I get it's too easy. I think in a 12 team standard league to, to, stream quarterbacks i guess i think it should put a little bit more importance but uh, never actually tried it myself so maybe i would hate it if we tried but that's interesting we'll try it sometime yeah i i think we could try a small league you know my main league we had always kind of talked about like having a little side league where you just try a bunch of wonky shit at the same time not for any cash buy-in just to see how it plays out uh but we've never done that um but uh it'll be fun we'll see how uh We'll see how our league shake up, shake up this year, but I love the idea of no kicker. I think it's just so random and, and actually sways way too many matches just for randomness, but uh, let me get into the fourth round here and I'll list out the, the rounds starting with the 401 and finishing up at the 412. We got Mike Evans, Miles Sanders, Julio Jones, Robert Woods, David Montgomery, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, Kyle Pitts, tight end up in the fourth round now. Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, so both uh, LA Ram wide receivers. Jamar Chase, rookie for Cincinnati Bagels, and Josh Jacobs just barely creeping into the fourth round. So of those, have you found yourself smashing some of those? Do any of them scream value at you? I mean, to you go ahead first before I dive in. Um.
1: yeah I mean if we want to order them for me Mike Evans is probably a top guy there but I don't know that he's really there I think a lot of times he goes earlier than this
0: yeah he a lot of these like Julio can go in the back of the third as well Right after him,
1: Julio is my, the next best looking thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by Robert Woods. Um, DJ Moore looking pretty good. Comfortable taking Cup, like towards the end of the round. I really hate taking Josh Jacobs here, but. Yeah. You can do it, and it's not so bad, especially if you're like the very last pick of the fourth round and all these other guys are gone. Kyle Pitts this early seems
0: seems pretty early. But. It does. I, I know in my last draft that I did, I stepped away for a moment, and it got auto-drafted. I want to say it was in the early fifth for me there, and I came back like furious. Like, no, I never want Kyle Pitts. But then as the draft went around, I was like, if you see him as just pure massive ceiling upside, like as the second pass catcher in that offense behind um, Calvin Ridley and potentially ahead of Russell Gage, it's like maybe there is a massive ceiling, but it could completely putter out. They still have Hayden Hurst there, of of course, um, rookie tight end. that takes so long to – Kyle Pitts system. got a
1: contract. Do we talk about that at all?
0: No, I did not, but I mean I it's only news to me unless you said Kyle Pitts got the contract, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's only I expect all rookies to sign unless it's like they got drafted by a team that they I mean completed. it was a juicy contract. It was like okay. I 30, mean it was what no, 104, 103, something like maybe 104. I mean that is just insane. You expect to get Big old cash in five years. So, yeah, that's got, very exciting. He got, a,
1: he got four years.
0: Oh, just four? Okay. But with a fifth-year option, maybe. Something like that. Sure. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely with you on it. I think this fourth round is screaming wide receiver here. You look at the running backs. Miles Sanders, definitely some ceiling there. I know that um, I finally tuned in a little bit to the Mike Clay portions of the 06010 and he's he's pretty high on that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line getting reshaped and reworked so Miles Sanders there's ceiling there but it could totally be a committee Jalen Hurts could take a lot of that rushing work so and, and Jalen Hurts doesn't typically has not shown throwing to the to the running back too much so it's just a lot of risk there David Montgomery is kind of the exact opposite for me, like low risk, but it's pretty low ceiling. I, I know he finished so strong last year, but you get, um, you get their pass catching back and ah, just doesn't scream as, as high upside there. I mean, I have taken David Montgomery in some drafts. If I, if I went Kelsey or two wide receivers early, I, I have snagged him, but Man, it's just tough. And then i just just—I've never drafted Josh Jacobs. I don't think, unless it was on a draft. So, this is a tough one to navigate because Evans and Julio. So, like you've gone two running backs so far, and probably a wide receiver. So maybe you've gotten like a Stephon Diggs. So you pair him with Mike Evans, and Julio. That feels pretty good, but those are in the top three. So if you're in the later part of the draft, this is where like you're looking at Tyler Lockett and Cooper Cup. And then you might be looking around ahead in the fifth and seeing players like Deontay Johnson and Kenny Galladay and will reveal those. And it's almost like you want to reach around ahead, you know?
1: Yeah, it, it feels like that when
0: you're picking DJ Moore over Kenny Galladay. So I, like, for example, I have in this maybe two drafts ago, I was, I was at that spot and I was looking at Tyler Lockett and Cooper cup and I was looking ahead and I have so many shares of Mike Davis who, who leads off our fifth round. And I, I think maybe I had had three running backs already. And I'm like, I'm just kind of, I'm so saturated with Mike Davis. Like I really, I think maybe even I, I did three running backs going into the fourth round and I was like, you know what? I know I can snag Deontay here and wheel something decent, whether that's a Kenny Galladay or one of the running backs that are pretty questionable, but like somebody like Miles Gaskin. And that's what I did. I ended up picking Deontay in the fourth, and then Kenny Galladay in the fifth. And it just it felt okay. Like I liked my team, but it was one of those play, it was one of those rounds. I'm like, damn, I wish I had Evans or Julio in the fourth, you know. I hated that yeah, I had to reach in the fifth.
1: It sucks when you can't have one of those two guys or
0: or maybe Woods, but yeah, Woods feels sometimes. Woods feels okay. Woods feels very safe. It's just the rapport with Stafford coming in. How does that shape out? Um, I, I think he will get pepper with targets, but then you know, you've got a great defense. Cam Akers is looking to emerge. Like, will they have to do very much? Thankfully. They're in a division with some heavy hitters. Arizona's a fantastic offense. Seattle should not be too bad either. And if San Francisco can stay healthy, I mean, all of those teams could put up 30 points a game. So it should keep it interesting. Um, but but certainly some concerns with the, you know Stafford coming in. And then, of course, if Stafford gets hurt, oh, buddy, it could be rough news for that whole offense. But let's dive into the fifth because, honestly, I think the fifth, is a little bit more packed um, than that that fourth round, which feels a little weird. But again, that fourth round, it feels like you're investing heavy capital. So yes, while David Mike Montgomery might be higher in my ranks than either Mike Davis or Gaskin, you know, it's a full round later that you're going to get those players. So it just feels a little, little bit better on the palate. But let me read through these fifth rounders and then again, get your kind of feedback. I, I guess we didn't really talk... You did talk that that Pitts was stark, uh, strikingly too high, Kyle Pitts. Any other players on there? You said Josh Jacobs, Jamar Chase in the fourth. That seems high. for I, I've never taken Jamar Chase there.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh,
0: David Montgomery, I'm not looking at in the fourth. Chris Godwin oh. has been scaring me. I know that going into the preseason, not the preseason. We're, we're not even in the preseason, man. Where is it? But going into the... You know, early off season, I was kind of stoked about Godwin. You know, he should be back to healthy. But the more I, I've been, you know, listening to podcasts or just looking into it, the more that I think Antonio Brown is just going to chip away at that value. That you know, Antonio Brown's going four, five rounds later. I I have not pulled the trigger on Godwin in any of my drafts, and I feel bad about doing it because the talent is there, the offense is there. I just don't know if the opportunity is going to be there.
1: He can go to round five.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Like, if he was closer to Adam Thielen, it might be a more of a discussion. But, but honestly, I'm still going to be taking Deontay and Kenny G over him. I have – I'm sorry to jump the gun, but, man, I have really risen on Kenny Galladay. I, I remember going into the offseason being just so devastated that he ended up at New York with Daniel Jones. And the more I just look at that heavy amount of money – he should be the clear one. Saquon is obviously there, but with health concerns, just the clear, clear number one wide receiver there. And that defense is pretty rough. So I think he's just going to get so many targets. Like Kenny G just feels very, very safe to me. It might not yeah. he, There's no way him. he's the wide receiver one at the end of the year, but is he a floor wide receiver two? I think so. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I'm really excited. Let me read these out, though, and see if, if you screen value or stay away we got Mike Davis leading off the round, Adam Thielen, Josh Allen, which I think Patrick Mahomes, I did not read him in the fourth. Patrick Mahomes is actually being drafted in the third round, which he's not even – he's like my third quarterback behind these guys. So anyways, Josh Allen in the early fifth at the 503, T. Higgins, Lamar Jackson, Deontay Johnson, Travis Etienne, Kyler Murray, Kenny Galladay, Miles Gaskin, Dak Prescott, and Javante Williams, rookie running back for Denver Broncos. So four quarterbacks out of 12 here. Where have you been slamming the button or where have you been steering wide away? Um
1: so I've seen a lot of these quarterbacks go in the sixth round. Not really Kyler. Yeah. Not so much Lamar, more just Dak. I guess Dak slips so, into the sixth for sure. But, um, Deont or uh, Lamar is towards the end of the fifth round, so yes. Um, but yeah, we, I guess we both like Deontay and we both like Kenny Galladay a lot. Yeah, those are my guys. I think over, yeah, I think I like them over Thielen, but Thielen has got to be right after them. But I know that's I, not how it's gonna
0: shake out. Thielen's gonna go first, probably. Yeah, I I'm I'm a little surprised because Thielen doesn't really scream best ball to me. Like I know he got so many touchdowns last year, but but he doesn't scream high upside compared to to Penny G or Deontay for me. I, mean, I don't know why that th- that's a perception, but I just think he's kind of the clear two on that team now and kind of old and busted a little bit. So I'm a little surprised that he's going higher than those guys. Um, But I agree, man. I have the only time – I think I've only snagged one of these top quarterbacks like one time, which which kind of makes me upset because I love Kyler this year for sure. But I don't know. With best ball, like the way you can get two or three quarterbacks, I – I just lean away from that position because you only have to start one. Um, I just have not snagged it. I think I only snagged Josh Allen one time when I happened to get digs in the kind of mid second round, which held a value. So I was like, you know what, let me slam a stack, even though I typically would have taken one of those two wide receivers there, you know, stacking in best ball can be really powerful. So maybe they just have another magical year, but I've been avoiding those quarterbacks. I I have gotten quite a bit of Dak because I'm, really high on amari cooper i've been taking amari in the third a lot and so snagging dak at the end of the um fifth or early sixes it's kind of been a game plan for me but uh i agree with your picks any of these players that are like frighteningly too high i just want to say i've been taking kyler some nice in the I, fifth. i wish that i It's just for some reason, DeAndre Hopkins is not at the spots that I've I've been at. I don't know if that's because I'm too high on players like Najee Harris or Antonio Gibson. Maybe like when I'm there in the kind of mid early second, I should be looking DeAndre Hopkins way. But or it might also be that like Devontae Adams is there and I'm a little higher on him. So I just haven't I haven't taken Hopkins anywhere in. I feel like I'm missing a little bit when I don't get to do that stack. Um, T. Higgins looks a little high here. Very high, man. Uh, The whole, honestly, the Cincinnati Bengals offense, whether it's Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Mixon, even, I've been a little, I've been quite off of. It's just people are really bullish, man. I just think I'd rather see Joe Burrow, you know, I have to see it to believe it, to come back from such a massive injury. He might not even start week one. Like, it, in the wide receiver core is so murky. The offensive line is awful. Like, I'm just I'm letting put people take those picks and kind of thinking it's just bust, and it makes me pretty happy to have that. Um, for me, Travis Etienne is really high for me. Like, middle of the fifth round, where James Robinson could easily still be the first and second round, second, first and second down back with goal line opportunities and trevor lawrence is probably going to take goal line as well like travis Etienne does not scream out a fifth rounder for me like i i would be taking miles gaskin who's a couple rounds, a couple picks later i'd be taking gaskin over him for sure yeah but i, I mean, don't
1: like i don't like Etienne either
0: but i don't even really feel like gaskin's great either i mean he's one of those last running backs that i i think is the clear-cut one but he could easily be in a committee with Malcolm Brown and solving Ahmeds and Tua. So uh, Gaskin scares me too, man. It's the, the running backs start to get thin and there are thankfully some late round running backs that can kind of patch the, uh, be a bit of patchwork, but uh, man, again, it's, this is why we're navigating. Cause it, it is challenging. If, if you miss, I guess in the fifth round, I, I don't think you can miss too bad. Like if you miss out on Deontay or Kenny, Kenny Galladay, like getting Mike Davis or Gaskin or really any of the quarterbacks doesn't feel that bad. Like I, I'm okay with really any of those players. So the fifth, I, I'm okay with. Let's let's dive into the sixth round here and see where, where we're screaming some value. All right, so in the sixth round, we start off with TJ Hawkinson, which is ahead of Mark Andrews, Brandon Ayuk, Mark Andrews, Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham, Chase Claypool, Cortland Sutton, Robbie Anderson, Trey Sermon, DJ Chark, Russell Wilson, and Devonta Smith, rookie wide receiver for Philadelphia. What have you been taking in the sixth round, if if any of these names? Um. Yeah, no, I don't know that
1: Mark Andrews is around in the sixth round very often.
0: Yeah, it does seem like tight ends, you know, we if we had looked at the second round, Waller and Kittle sometimes sneak into the second round. Um, people do like to smash the tight ends, but I do I will say this is the this is the current underdog fantasy. So maybe it's just the drafts we're in, but I, I've definitely picked up Hawkinson in the sixth and uh Andrews. It's it's close. I am a little surprised to see Hawkinson. Above Andrews. I think most players are taking Andrews, but but maybe that has turned. I, I personally like Hawkinson more than Andrews, but uh that does surprise me.
1: Yeah, I mean the reason I usually like Hawkinson more than Andrews is because of where he's been going. Right.
0: He's a better value, but I do
1: like Hawkinson. Um Kareem Hunt's a good player. Cortland Sutton could be the one. Cortland Sutton could be like one of the huge values this year you I really agree. know you don't know it could be like the, the guy who helps you win your league on the year
0: yeah i mean you look at uh you look at what digs did last year people were like oh he has to deal with stuff you know, josh allen well teddy bridgewater can definitely get it done if uh your lock gets benched i mean true lock maybe true lock is a josh allen where he he turns it on and he becomes a star I could definitely see Sutton being a a smash value here. Um not really looking at Trey Sermon there. Rookie for um San Francisco, likely at least splitting time with Mostert. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mostert will be the lead dog until he gets hurt, which he will get hurt, but I'm a little surprised to see Trey Sermon over uh Mostert for sure. Yeah. Um
1: yeah. Robbie Anderson's a good dart to throw for
0: sure. Yeah. I like Robbie as well. Yeah. I think we're, we're really seeing eye and eye to eye here. I mean, Robbie and Cortland Sutton are kind of, well, I will say TJ Hawkinson is definitely like my smash pick. If he makes it to me in the sixth, I will snag it every single time or Mark Andrews. Like I would love tight end here in the sixth round, but if I don't get them, it's either Robbie or Cortland Sutton. If it's not those four guys of these 12, I'm kind of pissed off. Like I'm kind of walking away, reaching into the seventh round, which doesn't feel good. And yeah, like cream hunt I see the huge upside. And even if Chubb doesn't get hurt, I could see it, but ah,
1: maybe, maybe you've, maybe you've not selected a second running back yet,
0: which, which feels pretty bad. That would, that would be a bitter taste in my mouth. If, if hunt was my second running back, but, but maybe I mean he is he's fine to patch it up and honestly if you're missing out on Sutton or Anderson because of that I don't feel too bad like yes you said Sutton could win you league you're right but I'm not feeling I missed a huge opportunity there but outside of those players man Chase Claypool Odell Beckham like you said Trey Sermon DJ Chark Russell Wilson I think we both uh, spoken too much on and Devonta Smith like I think those are just bad picks Brandon Ayuk. I know you had talked to me a little bit about um, Ayuk and Debo Samuel. What, what are your thoughts on that San Francisco wide receiver core, man? Like, have you drafted either of those players? Are they going way too high, or, or what do you like? How do you like them?
1: I don't know. At the end of last year, I really liked Ayuk. Um, But I really don't know where to draft him this year, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. I'm drafting Kittle pretty um, – if I can get Kittle in like the third round, I like that, but those two, I'm just not sure.
0: Yeah. It, it seems pretty shaky when you know you have, well, I guess we don't know that the rookie quarterback is going to play at least some of the season, but expectations are that he'll take over at some point if not the start and you know, where does he look? What is his game plan? Like what's his style? Do they lean on the the running game so much more to give that rookie quarterback some, some confidence in time. I'm just, I have never grabbed either of those San Francisco wide receivers that we, we should, I think we should come back and do a little segment where we talk about like players that we're out on, but that could completely blow up in our face, you know? And, and those wide receivers for San Francisco could totally be it. Like I could absolutely see that one of them being like a top 16 wide receiver, and that could be really fantastic. But I think it'd be fun to, to hedge our bets a little bit and say, yeah, we're, we're completely out on Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Well, maybe not Tyler Lockett for, for best ball, but some players that, uh, that might end up blowing up in our face. All right, let's move into the seventh round. So definitely some, some landmines have revealed themselves so far in some tricky situations. In the seventh, it starts off with Chase Edmonds, Justin Herbert, Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jalen Hurts, Raheem Mostert, LaVisca Chenault, Will Fuller, and James Robinson. So who of those players do you have some shares of? Who have you been taking and who are you like, oh, that's just, that's way too high or it sucks that you have to take them here, but you kind of have to. Mm.
1: Well. I'll, first of all, I think if you want to get a quarterback here, that's fine. It's not There's not a lot of exciting stuff here, and it'll be my, probably like an every-week quarterback if you get one of those two guys. Uh, as far as what I've got, I'm not sure if it's in the seventh round, but I've got a lot of teams with James Robinson. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of teams with Will Fuller. Um, I've got a little bit of Tyler Boyd. I've got a, I've got a pretty good bit of Michael Gallup, nice, um, in best ball, and like one or two Jerry Judy shares, but that's uh, that's about it. I, I'm not picking Chase Edmonds very much anymore. Um, I might have a little bit of Mosert, but I'm I'm a little bit uh,
0: cautious about Mosert right now. Yeah, I have definitely, even though we talked about how he's probably the starter over Trey Sermon in best ball where it's literally season long. And and that's a part of that. I do like about best ball that it's not all about week 16 or week 17, right? Like that almost feels a little bit bad. And I'm not saying that because I lost the championship last year. I'm not saying that, but but to work so damn hard, man, and to have that one game, or if you happen to be able to do a two week championship, that's a little bit better. But still, like that one week where it's like, "There's your ship right there, man." Like, if your players ball out, fantastic. But I kind of love how best ball is the total points from all of your weeks. I think that's just really, really cool. So, so a player like Mostert, you know, he might get you in, in a uh, season long he might start you off on like a 4-0 win streak because he's been that flex or maybe even that RB2 who's just dynamite. But you just got to think that he's going to go down at some point. He's so injury-prone, it seems like, in San Francisco. I don't know what it is, but they just get blown up all the time, man. And and for that to happen, like if you only get four games out of Mostert in a best ball, that's just so tough to swallow. But um, – This is definitely my toughest round. Like I have been snagging Jalen Hurts almost every single time. It it for me, it still feels a little high because you have players like Tom Brady in like the eighth and ninth round. You have you have some quarterbacks back there that that's I would be totally fine with as my QB one. But all of these players, I just I just can't buy in, man. I think I have gotten Justin Herbert a couple times just because I'm so in on Keenan Allen that I, I do that tiny little stack here and there, but it doesn't feel good. Like, I'm not actually in on Justin Herbert very much this year, but all of those wide receivers and running backs, like like you said, I have sprinkles of Mostert, but some James Robinson, but all of these wide receivers, Debo, Gallup, Tyler Boyd, I don't really like any of them. So I've been snagging Jalen Hurts a lot some Jerry Judy, he's like my consolation wide receiver there, but that round is tough. And I have been, potentially, if Jalen Hurts is, is, uh, is gone, I have been doing a little reaching into the eighth. So let's um, talk about... I, I like
1: Will Fuller a lot there, or I don't know exactly if there or the next round, but I think Will Fuller is a lottery ticket for, for a possible maybe top ten Wide receiver,
0: he is. I know he's so talented, but between the juice, between the switching teams, which is always a struggle, one of those things. Why? Why Kenny Galladay is not so high? You know, something. Some things that scare me about Kenny G. Just moving to a new situation is tough. Developing a, a um relationship with the quarterback, and you know, Tua. You already have Devonta Parker there. You now have. Will Fuller, um, you know, they want to be run heavy a defense first. I'm just, I know, but thinking... I mean, he's he's in the
1: seventh round, and all the other people in the seventh round, there's no chance of them being the one for their team. Yeah. Well, maybe Lavisca, maybe Lavisca, but not Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup.
0: That's I true. guess,
1: maybe Debo, but not Jerry Judy.
0: Yeah, but Juju. then you, but then you look into the eighth. And let me go ahead and read these out. And and I'll circle back and say if, if I'd take any of those wide receivers over Will Fuller. I'm pretty sure I'd take quite a few of them, which is weird. But in the eighth, Curtis Samuel, Damian Harris, Dallas Goddard, Mike Williams, Antonio Brown, Michael Carter, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Higbee, Jarvis Landry, Joe Burrow, and Leonard Fournette, which of those do you have some heavy shares in or which do you really like but just haven't snagged? And talk me through some of those picks. Um, I've got a lot of Curtis Samuel. You, you, Just to stop you there, you have swayed me on Curtis Samuel, maybe some other pods as well. I have definitely taken Curtis Samuel more and more. I, I see the upside now, man.
1: Um, I've got some Marquise Brown. There you go. That's my um, point.
0: I've got some Antonio Brown. Absolutely. Same here, especially if you can swing the stack with with Tom Brady in the ninth, which hasn't been happening for me recently. But yeah, Antonio Brown, massive upside. It is not likely to be the one on that team, but that team should be so high flying that he could easily be a top twenty four wide receiver.
1: Yeah. Um I don't know if I'm taking Mike Williams over any of these guys, but
0: not for me, not with the injury history.
1: But um, I guess Brandon Cooks is a maybe. I haven't really taken him. I don't think I've taken him much either.
0: I have taken quite a bit of Damian Harris. I think I was taking Damian Harris more when he was in the ninth than the eighth. Damian Harris has definitely been shooting up draft boards. He still feels okay. Like like you said about um, Kareem Hunt, if you go running back light early on, Damian Harris does not feel like a huge waste. Like I'm okay with him being my art. I don't want him as an RB2, but hopefully as an RB3, I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, he's
0: okay. I, I've, been, I've been taking James Robinson a lot. Yeah. James over Damian Harris. I think that I'm taking Damian Harris over James Robinson, but that, that could be definitely one of those mistakes for me because of – KM Newton vulturing touchdowns because of the offense. I mean, both offenses are going to be pretty stagnant, I think. But um, I've been taking Damian over James Robinson. That could be a, a bad choice. Um, yeah, I, I said Curtis Samuel. You have won me over. So, like Curtis Samuel, I'm going to take over Will Fuller. Um, Antonio Brown. I mean, I'm not taking Antonio Brown in the seventh. That's not what I'm saying. But if yeah, it, I
1: take I take Curtis Samuel over Will Fuller. Yeah,
0: like if it was in the eighth and Will Fuller and Antonio Brown are still on the board, I'm going to take Antonio Brown. I'm going to take Hollywood Brown over Will Fuller. I am I probably take Jarvis Landry over Will Fuller. I'm just more confident in their rapports with their quarterbacks. I'm more sure of their situation than I am with Will Fuller. Like you said, Will Fuller could be massive flyer lottery ticket upside. He could also be just... (laughs) He could easily be suspended for the entire season because of more uh, juice. He could be totally wasted because he doesn't have the juice. There's just a a really low floor there, too, I think. Um, Tyler Higby is a player that I'm getting a couple shares on. Um, Surprisingly, I have not grabbed any Stafford to stack. Um, even when I have woods, just because Stafford is surprisingly right next to Tom Brady. And for me, that's not close at all. Like I'm snagging Tom Brady every single time there, but, uh, Higby is a player that I'm, I'm okay with. If I miss out on the Mark Andrews and Hawkinsons, uh, I'm really honestly, eyeing Noah Fant, which from this, uh, look is falling in the ninth. I actually like fant a little bit more over Higby. I think Higby has the upside but Fant has the more sure thing, I think. But I have grabbed a couple pieces of Higby.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there.
0: And Joe Burrow's just not anything that I've ever, ever touched. I think he got auto-drafted one time, but but Joe Burrow in the eighth just feels, again, could be massive. He showed, he showed Spurs, sophomore bump, great wide receiver cores, but I'm just never taking him. I just can't trust it. But I think we kind of navigated those seventh and eighth pretty well. I think again that seventh is is really a sticking point. If it's not Jalen Hurts, it's kind of bust. And even Jalen Hurts feels like again, why am I taking him two rounds ahead of Tom Brady? It feels is Ronald Jones
1: around there somewhere?
0: Ronald Jones is apparently in the ninth round, early ninth, right after Leonard Fournette. So I'm okay with uh with Ronald Jones for sure. I
1: like Ronald Jones. I'm taking him and James Robinson a bunch.
0: Yeah, I have been taking Ronald Jones as well a bunch. Let me just uh, – I didn't pull it up earlier, but as we're talking uh, – as we're talking ninth round, let me go ahead and just pull it up because it's fun. Oh, let me see here. So it starts off with Tom Brady, Noah Fant. I'd love both of those players. Jalen Waddle. I'm – have not touched at all. That's another piece of the Will Fuller puzzle is now you have rookie sensation, Jalen Waddle coming in Ryan Tannehill. I've gotten, I've gotten a piece of Ryan Tannehill because I had AJ Brown or Julio. So it feels like a decent stack, but uh, not, not too many Michael Pittman. I have not picked up very many shares of him. Ronald Jones. I've definitely snagged a ton of James Connor is a player that, I feel like I kind of want to get some shares up, but for some reason, I'm just so nervous. Or maybe there's other players just on the board that I, I don't think I have a single share of James Connor. Where you said that you were kind of fading a little bit on, um Damn it, other Arizona running back Chase, Chase Edmonds. Where are you at with Connor? Like, is the ninth decent enough to take a shot? Or are you still? You're not there. Yeah,
1: I, I'm. I'm down to take a shot on Connor this late. It's just that um, Chase Edmonds is going when like some really nice wide receivers are going. Right. It's just not worth
0: it. No, I'm totally with you. Yeah, I. I think moving into into a couple more best balls, I'm going to try to kind of not target Connor, but but put him more on my radar when he's there, and even if Ronald Jones is there, like diverge a little bit get get that um get those shares diversified a little bit and get some james connor i i have definitely found myself and this is awful but man i i am having a tough time diversifying my picks like when i lock in on jalen hurts in the seventh like i can't get i can't get away from it like I, it, it is really a struggle for me to be like just try something new take a james robinson a little early or hey it says that there's some value in debo samuel here try him out I just can't, dude. So like a lot of my teams look so similar, which is, which is, I mean, obviously if it hits then yay, but could be really bad.
1: (laughs) Well, Hey, listen to this. uh, Listen to this mock that I did the other day. Let me see what you got for me. All right. So I don't have the orders in front of me, but I'm just going to assume what the order is. Sure. We got first pick Tyree kill. Oh, so that was late first. That, that
0: I don't mind that. Yeah. Second pick, Calvin Ridley. So early second, you go Calvin. Nice. Okay. So you go RB light. Yeah. Third pick, what you George in the back Kittle. Of the third? George Kittle in the back of the third. Honestly, I'm a little surprised he made it there. And I'm on a, even more impressed with your balls to not go like maybe Chris Carson was there or something like that. So, damn, you're going into our uh, round four with no RBs. Yeah. Fourth pick, Keenan Allen. What the fuck? (laughs) Keenan Allen in the fourth? (laughs) Son of a bitch.
1: All right. So I don't know in what order these happened, but I end up with Kyler Murray. And my running backs are Mike Davis, James Robinson, Yeah. Um, And then I've got AJ Dillon and Ronald Jones on the bench. Totally fine. Totally fine. And then I've got Marquise Brown down there on the bench.
0: Give me, give me the ugly, give me the tight end.
1: Well, it's a, the tight end was Kittle. Remember?
0: Oh, that's right. Dear God, man. And I'm sorry. Did you say you're? you said you had Kyler and then who's your, who's the backup there? Uh, I didn't have a backup because this is just a
1: screenshot I took of it. Oh, so I could remember it for later. Oh,
0: that sounds just so juicy. Oh, my God, man. I can't believe you squeaked out. Getting um, uh, Allen in the fourth. in there in the fourth. And then and then to get Pick, the mic. Picking Davis, late is
1: where it's at. What's that? Picking late is where it's at.
0: Picking like getting that abs- be-
1: that beginning of the fourth value,
0: it can be really good. Mike Davis, obviously in the, the for your RB one, does not feel great, but chances that Mike Davis is actually an RB one, pretty good. I think like he is the the workhorse of that offense, and the offense should be really fine even without Julio. I think it's going to be good. He's shown pass catching skills, and Matt Ryan's shown. A propensity to go there I, i'm not against it it's not great especially you know 17 game season like rb depth the, the running backs are going to be going down left right and center if mike davis goes down ooh, it could be it could be really rough there but to have yeah, that wide, you're, support, you
1: still got tyree kill calvin ridley oh, george kittle and keenan allen oh,
0: my loins are moist oh my god <laughs> I'm so stoked for that one right now. Let me uh, let me read out one that I'm pretty proud at, proud about that I just did. Um well, maybe I'm not as proud when I'm looking at it, but so I did I did Nick Chubb in the first. I'm very high on Nick Chubb. I went Stefan Diggs in the second, Amari Cooper in the third. Miles Sanders in the fourth, which I know we talked about. Miles Sanders, and I, I am very scared on Miles Sanders for sure, but I think there's massive upside there. Kenny Galladay in the fifth is my go-to. Jack in the sixth. Uh, let's see, seventh would have been ooh, seventh Damian Harris. It may have been that's that's maybe it was Marquise Brown. Regardless, Hollywood Brown and Damian Harris either in the seventh feels steep, but those two players, and then finished off with the classic Russell Gage, Traquan Smiths. I'm pretty good there. I'm getting Nick Chubb a lot because just like you, like this one, I got Chubb. Then I went into Gibson, Cooper, Woods, Galladay, Mark Andrews, Noah Fant. Ooh, this is a pretty spicy one. Actually, Jalen hurts, Kirk cousins, man. I, I, I hope Nick Chubb does well, man. I am so high on Nick Chubb. It's, and been,
1: uh, I don't know if I, I was clear about it. That one I read was like a mock.
0: It was a mock on ESPN. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I, I am interested. That that makes it make a lot more sense, not to discredit ESPN or, or players who mock there, but just that the ADPs are different there. Um, I am really excited to to do a ESPN or Yahoo season long with our main leagues and just be a little bit shocked at where some of the players are going on those sites, because I know that they're going to be quite different, not only because of different sites, but because basketball versus season long, but like seeing Keenan Allen, the fourth might be a regular thing. And if so, Oh baby, I would be, I would be so tender on that. But uh, yeah. that's a bummer that you don't have any cash on that. Cause it sounds, it sounds really, really killer, but uh, I like it, man. Um, well, it's fun navigating those dirty rounds. It's, it's been hard. And hopefully as we go through the, continue through the off season, we not only get more confident in some of those picks, but also, like I said, we get confident, but we don't lock ourselves in like remember to diversify and try to push yourself to, to try weirder things like you did, like try to go to the fifth round without a running back and just see how, how you feel about doing that. So I'll try to push myself to that end. And, uh, and it was fun working through those, man. And it was fun to, to debut my, my rap career, brother.
1: Yeah. I, w- I enjoyed being part of the debut.
0: <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate the confidence. We will uh, we'll see y'all next week. All right. See ya.